what should we talk about today? <laughs> hmm, telehealth. Well, <laughs> well, Apple just randomly dropped an iPhone. Oh yeah, go and um and opened up pre-orders for the iPad, the new iPad Pro and the iPad keyboard. Pro keyboard case. I'm mm-hmm. it's three hundred. Well, oh, and you're talking Canadian prices. Yes, what's well, four hundred and five hundred here? It's three hundred and three fifty in the U.S. Still crazy. <laughs> I mean, uh, yes, but yes, and it's <sighs> less crazy if I'm making my existing iPad Pro feel like new by adding a three hundred dollar device instead uh, of having to buy instead of having to buy another iPad because I don't know if we yes. talked about it last year, but I was like, I have no. There's not a single thing Apple could release that would make mm-hmm. me buy another iPad every year. Right, so right. So this is kind of smart. It's like, okay, oh, compelling definitely. accessories that it costs $350. It's like... My point was only that only no, like Microsoft could never get away with this with the Surface. Yeah. Well, but the Surface keyboard was expensive. Yeah. But it's not 300 is it? I don't know. It's not 300 but it definitely was like, oh, I'm... So, so that's Microsoft's problem, actually, is I expected it to be included in the price of the Surface Pro, and it wasn't, and I was like, this sucks. Yeah, it does suck. Maybe that's the angle going forward, though. Like, App, uh, Microsoft could just eat them by, like, including it. Yeah, totally. Well, I, I we had this conversation in Discord about the pricing of the new iPhone, the iPhone, are they mm. calling it just the SE? What yeah, the, yeah. But it's like the iPhone SE, but it's a lie because it's the iPhone 8. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Their branding for phones is terrible and we know it. Yeah. Um, is that I I would have assumed that this product has been in the works for several years because that's how long hardware takes and mm-hmm. that originally this was going to cost more than yeah. they're selling it for. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds about right. It probably was the plan, but I think that they're lost leading on it, actually. We have to talk about contact tracing. Contact tracing, yeah. The the, the app is going to like make us get out of jail. <laughs> Depending yeah. on where you live. <laughs> we should talk about um, tax taxes and tech companies dodging taxes. Oh, God damn. Oh, Bailouts, God. that's the topic. I mean, yeah. I understand. Yeah. Oh man, this is terrible. Um, what else is new? The Apple Mac Pro wheel Wheels. kit came out, <laughs> and they are seven hundred dollars. But for oh, you can buy I... a whole. You know, you can buy a set of wheels for your car for the surface. <laughs> oh my god, that's so funny. That's the take. I mean, you could spend more on a Mac Pro than you would on a car. Yeah. Oh, that's upsetting. Even a MacBook Pro is more expensive than a cheap car. <laughs> so I hate Apple. Thank you. <laughs> the we- the wheel thing does feel particularly egregious. Like I don't know what it is about the wheels that makes me mad, but like it's like seven hundred ninety nine dollars, but they also don't have any brakes on them. <laughs> <laughs> so like you put your Mac on wheels and now it rolls away or something. And like it's so dumb. It's so Apple to not think that to yeah. just assume everyone has very level floors. Like, <laughs> the office floor is ever, not level. <laughs> if you've ever lived in an older building, the floors are never level. Mm-hmm. Or worked in an older building. And I hate film this studios so are in much. old buildings all the time. Like <laughs> Yeah. Oh my god, that's so funny. I wanna right. see 
pictures of people wedging stuff in front of their Mac Pros because mm-hmm. they wanted the wheels, but then they didn't want it to roll away. Yep. Oh my god. They might as well uh, use a stack of money to just hold yes. it yes. like just roll it up. <laughs> just get, it just get like seven hundred dollars worth of ones and just stack yeah. it on that. Fuck Stuff them in. Do you know in restaurants when they use like a folded up napkin or a matchbook to like level a table? Uh-huh. It's like that, but for Mac Pros, and it's just oh my money. God. Oh my god! <laughs> so the thing is, like, I I understand they might be super beautiful or whatever, I'm but sure like, it's the best wheels ever. I, I, I no, I don't understand. Actually, I say I understand, but that's definitely a lie. Like, for instance, I already had trouble at some point where I was buy looking to buy a cabinet to put my uh, turntable on, uh-huh. and it's and the record uh, the the cabinet that I liked was like four times the price I spend on the record table uh, record player and i was like this doesn't feel right like it feels mm-hmm. dumb <laughs> yeah like why would i spend that much more for the stuff that it's like not even and i mean i guess the the iMac thing is really um expensive as well but come on now i'm i'm curious if it's like a standard sort of mount for the wheels so that you could buy like the ikea wheels or go to home depot and get wheels or if it's like specifically engineered to be unique and then what happens if a company like belkin who does tons of accessories for apple products does like 49 dollars wheels does apple remove them from the store what like how far is this gonna go you know what it doesn't matter it doesn't matter (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know the yeah. amount of mac pros are actually going to sell is not enough for us to that's why no. it's so expensive i think is because they have want to, they want to make up their r&d costs for this yeah. device and yeah. it's a very niche pro, pro, uh, thing anyway and it's for people that have heaps of money apparently but uh, um, my spicy take is like people who ha- uh, have heaps of money in the studios who are the niches already built their own pcs <laughs> by now like they gave yeah. up they gave up <laughs> um here is a chart that i will put in the show notes from app annie about the increase in app downloads since coronavirus oh. started um, we have 35% year-over-year increase for app downloads and 45% for games. The okay. top categories are Boom. business, education, and news. And sports and travel are down, obviously. Hmm. Interesting. I assume sports might be up because a lot of people are doing home workouts and stuff. Oh yeah, I think those are in like the health and fitness category, though. Oh uh, yeah, like I think sports is like the sports streaming apps, and there's no yeah. sports there's games. No sports. Hmm. Oh, isn't it a wonderful world, world right now? No football, no cars. <sighs> I yeah. am serious. I still expected esports to blow up a little bit more right now, and I understand that a lot of those happen in live arenas with crowds. But I am still kind of shocked that it hasn't adapted to being online only mm-hmm. and tried a lot to sort of pull those people that usually watch non-digital sports on TV all day. You know, like I'm cur- I'm sort of surprised that they weren't more prepared for something like this or more yeah. flexible to this. Is it just because people that want to watch tr- streaming game playing just go to Twitch instead of watching these big organized esports events. 
Mm. I'm not sure. But um, I do have, a f- like, I was reading a little bit about um, um, cam girling or people that, oh, like, yeah. Only stuff fans. like that. Um, and because I was thinking, like, are they making big bucks right now? Or is it also a pile of trash? And I think it's both. Um, it's interesting. And this, I think this also works for like Twitch streamers and stuff. There's just so many new people that are entering the field. And also so many people that are like less inclined to spend money on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, I mean, what is it? 16 million people in the US alone l- lost their job. Mm-hmm. I think the well, number, the official number right now is 22 million, but the actual it's probably closer to 60 million because the systems for unemployment in the United States are like 50 and 60 years old. Yep. And so... Are they built on COBOL? Somewhere COBOL, yeah. I think uh, one of the things I was hearing was that maybe it's not the amount of people that are becoming unemployed on a week basis that we're seeing the numbers of, but the numbers are actually just showing us how many people this unemployment systems can pass through per week. Mm-hmm. Mm. Numbers are quite a lot higher. Plus also there's no good system for freelancers. Right. And if you look at the census breakdowns, freelancers are one of the largest demographics in America. Yeah. And there's a lot of freelancers out of work right now too. Like yeah, being a freelancer is always kind of like, are you employed? Are you not employed? Yeah, like exactly. how do you count that? Like, if, yeah, if you Canada, have one job a year that gives you your full income, are you then unemployed the rest of the year? How does that work? Canada did a thing where they're looking at like turnover just month to month or week to week. I think they changed it to actually, but uh, if it's off by 15%, um, just month to month, they'll give it to you. And like you can, it can be a comparison, like it's pretty flexible, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I think the same is true for the Netherlands. Mm. They don't check you, actually. They just give it to you. I yeah, think. same with Canada. You just have to say yes. Um, yeah. And they're going to figure out how later. Like, the Canadian government was very much... Like, the attitude was, like, give people money and punish them <laughs> if they abuse it. Like, because through the tax system, they can see it later. That's yeah, not- that, that's exactly what I was thinking, too. But then someone made a, an, an argument that was, like... Yeah, so here in the Netherlands right now, you can get uh, support for three months. Mm-hmm. And maybe you don't need it in these three months. Yeah. But what's going to happen after those three months? Yeah, exactly. You know? So, like... Well, I think this conversation also leaves out a huge swath of people. So, undocumented workers obviously can't, mm-hmm. like, claim yeah, any, any benefits. sort of benefits. And um, immigrants can't. So, like, my mm-hmm. visa is dependent on me not being a burden on the system, mm-hmm. which in normal times made sense of, like, if I move here, I have to have income because I would be a burden on the system. But when everybody's using the welfare system, then right. would you consider that being a burden on the system? And so huh. I can't take advantage of any benefits or assistance or I yeah. risk losing my visa. Right. And so it's I'm just fucked. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I have to sit here and I can't get any of the benefits from the U.S. even though I pay taxes there as well. Hmm. So I'm paying double taxes and I can take advantage of zero of these benefits. And hmm. I'm in a privileged position where I still am working. It's not as good as it was, but like so far I can still make money. And right. so I can't imagine what other people in similar – there's got to be – tens of thousands of people in similar situations just with yeah. these two countries. Yeah. So 
I mean, globally, there's a huge amount of people that are just being left out of any of this help. Yeah. Huh. Um, yeah, I, I decided to not claim it at all because I don't need it right now, strictly. So uh, let's hope I don't need it in the future because then I'll be fucked as well. But we'll mm-hmm. see. Yeah, fingers um, crossed. Yeah, fingers crossed. Hey, if anyone uh, needs someone to do an illustration project, by the way, <laughs> call me. I'll, I'll let you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Out to our audience. You need any illustration help? Uh, I have a design agency. Could always, uh, you know, hire me to consult. <laughs> you could always hire us together as well. That would be hey. so fun. Yeah, I like that. And Owen has a job, so yeah, don't, don't worry yeah, about him. Don't worry about hiring me for <laughs> now. <laughs> Just support your local small business. It's my hot take there. It's always yeah. like, or your local internet business. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Owen is like, uh, share Charge Tech podcast with your friends. <laughs> <laughs> Tweet, like and subscribe. Uh, um, no, actually, though, I have been very close to like the reality for retailers and. Um, restaurants in the last few weeks i've been helping a couple of random local community places get online for the first time and i think what you're seeing is like 10 years of like tech advancement happening in like one week in terms of like restaurants before could still survive without delivery platforms or like doing pickup or whatever like same with breweries and stuff and now it's like if they don't have a website they don't exist uh, and if they don't have like an audience to drive traffic to that website, it's even harder. Mm. Uh, and it was really interesting. Like I helped this brewery get online. Um, and I think they made like five or six K in the first day, which was quite telling. I mean, there's pent up demand because people do want to buy things. Like, yeah. don't, don't get me wrong that there are people there to buy things, but it is interesting to see that people are willing to buy things like shit tons of beer on the internet. <laughs> even though they can't go out um i guess that's well but obvious. it's even though they can't go out but it's also because they can't go out yeah, because exactly. usually i was thinking about like this season when the weather is mm. nice like it happens at least once a week that i'll go say to a wine bar yeah. and have a bunch of wine there and i mean yeah. the wine bar bills are always quite high so now i spend basically similar amounts on basically way more wine right. to get at home because yeah. it's actually cheaper because exactly. you're not paying for service and everything. Obviously. Yeah, exactly. Which I miss dearly and I wish I could do that. But like mm-hmm. in the meanwhile, um, because like I like ordering wine now too, because the people who have wine shops mm-hmm. usually also sell to restaurants yeah, and wine exactly. bars. So they have a huge gap in their uh, income as well. Mm-hmm. And I want them to still exist, you know? Yep. I don't know. That's why I keep buying online wine. <laughs> like, I've been like, oh, I'll just buy another bottle of this random one. Um, but, yeah, it is interesting being really close to that. Like, I think, man, it must be hard to be a retailer right now just having the burden of a lease of any kind, really. Did you personally help with this or did you just mail yeah, them? Yeah, or? I, I did it personally, like, outside of work. I just offered a bunch of community help. Like to places I like locally, being like, look, I work at Shopify, but like it's not related to my job. I just know how to do it. Can I help you? Oh, I love uh, that so much. Yeah. That's really good. Well it was done. just like I I know it from work, so like I can get you online. Like you don't have to give me anything. Um, yeah. Just survive this, and I'll give me a free drink at the other side. <laughs> like it's fine. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 
and it's interesting because i think the perception for a lot of them is that it is really hard like historically it was really hard to get set up but i think it's interesting even so like a lot of the rules have changed i think of the game like doing like alcohol sales online was really challenging until recently and then the government locally just like turned off the regulation around that because they're like whatever like (laughs) as long as you get id for them and now like even weed uh weed uh you could only get it from one online store like the government run entity was the only place you could buy online before but now they changed the regulation for that too like you can just anybody can start a weed store uh which is really interesting it's just like yeah i guess they're trying to give people a way out whereas some countries went the opposite way like in new zealand you can't buy anything online like the whole postal network is closed yeah i don't understand that at all i mean the postal network here is definitely over uh stressed yeah i don't know how it is in canada but like if you order something it will arrive in three weeks yeah so here it's like (laughs) off by a day or two but in general still going okay and i think like i you know i don't have a spicy too spicy of a take because i think there's definitely pros and cons to leaving your postal service going but i do think that uh aside from the fact that this minimizes the people who are delivering the things um i actually do think you can keep infection like you can keep people at home easier if you're willing to operate postal services but like you have to do it well. So what they've done here is like, they basically dump it outside your door and run off. Like they don't right. come in near anybody. <laughs> and yeah, I'm okay. like, I think that's a, it's kind of wise. Like I think the New Zealand model, from what I can tell, it really unduly punished local retailers who didn't have any other way to survive. Like it was kind of over indexing on the Amazons who are horrible and like, don't treat their workers right in this kind of thing. And then like, punished people like if zach was the person who ran a bottle shop and he was the person dispatching the wine like i don't see any actual harm in that and i those businesses in new zealand are crippled overseas post is still arriving and that's the real brutal thing i think for local retailers there is if you people realize really fast they can just order from australia and it will still show up and that sucks yeah, I've I've been trying to order locally as much as possible because they usually just have a person in a little van that mm-hmm. just drives over yeah. and gives you wine. I love that. Or cheese or whatever. Like Yeah, we have a local cheese produce. shop who does that with a little buck feeds. It's so funny. Yeah. I have I have one more thing we should talk about uh during the episode before we record the intro. Wait, wait. <laughs> Twenty, <laughs> this wasn't the 20 minutes. In. Well, I mean like I would consider a pre-show because we never recorded the intro, but okay. yeah, you're right. We've just oh, been talking about stuff. Very casual charge tech podcast. Yeah. This tweet says, dad, I found this inspect element thing in Chrome that lets me <laughs> see the answers to the quizzes are in schoolology and Google classrooms. Oh my God. There's this if true thing and only one answer has one and the other answers have zero. <laughs> so <laughs> that's great it's great that kids oh, are learning how to look heck. at dev tools uh to beat out things like google classroom which you would think would be the, the end all <laughs> be all at developing hack proof tests but nope <laughs> that oh. is incredible i like I-, I love that yeah. though i hope people are actually learning from that too um but also come on now you know, I like, thought that this young generation right now, the the kids that are 
in school in like K through 12 would be the, the US context right now are, are going to be extremely well versed in technology. Mm-hmm. And I think that them being stuck as it being their entire school life, social life, games like everything will even increase that with stuff like this it's just like school class but in Fortnite, your one tool your one tool your computer your phone your ipad yeah. is how you access your entire it just makes me everything. wonder what is happening to kids who can't afford internet and stuff like or well, actually in new zealand the challenge is like rural internet is really bad like you, you would almost say like internet is like something that is a human right utility yeah. or it something. Absolutely, be high speed and delivered to everybody for yeah. zero cost, if not maybe very low cost. Well, that's, like, well, that's the, the frustrating thing in New Zealand. There's like a internet is a utility there, and like even if it is, and it's so it's like free for installation wherever you are, blah blah blah. But like. The challenge for rural communities is just that, like, how do you deliver it? <laughs> it's not as easy, you know? Um, and so... It, yeah. Is SpaceX's offering a bad idea? Maybe. I mean, it's Elon Musk, but other than that, I yeah. guess not. I mean, and I know there's problems with, like, the obfuscation of telescopes. Yeah. With the I feel like Loon is... I don't know what happened with Project Loon, like that Google thing. I think it's still going, but New Zealand was the trial market for it. And like, I don't know what's up with it anymore, but I feel like balloons are easier than satellites, but I guess the satellite, you just put it up and then it just keeps going. I think there's something (laughs) predictable about the satellites that balloons aren't, but Mm -hmm. yeah. So should we do a show intro or should we just keep it super cash? I don't mind either way. I think I, uh, I would say that I think I got the episode number wrong last episode. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Karma. This is episode 135. Oh my and, god. Uh, I think I did it wrong last episode. And time, we so are under the hood. Boom, we're done. <laughs> for those that are keeping track and mad- care about things like that, we are oh, only Lord. at 135 episodes. Um, shall we shall we talk about contact tracing? Let's talk about contact tracing. I can't even. First of all, I don't know where... Oh, I was going to say I don't know where this came from, but I do. It was Singapore. They actually proposed it first and did it first. Um, it's really so, interesting. Hold on. <laughs> Normally, contact tracing is a analog process. Yes. Okay. Yeah. But for just the United States, which has about 330 million people, mm-hmm. it would take about 100,000 full-time contact tracers and over yes. several billion dollars to do contract tracing in the way that it's been done traditionally. So, which is like this, you recalling where you went and then them figuring out right. who was there. Uh, <laughs> and on top someone of this? Is sick with a contagious disease in the hospital, someone from, let's say, the CDC comes and interviews them and then tracks down those oh people. God and tries to contact them and get them tested and then continue. And so it's a very involved process. And so Mm. moving this to a technological process does make a lot of sense. But as we're going to talk about tons of privacy concerns, tons of government surveillance concerns, tons of hacking concerns. And Mm -hmm. as part of this, it's, I mean, historically in most countries, especially Western countries that I'm more familiar with, 
sharing a medical diagnosis about yourself with anybody else is illegal. Yes. Yeah. Right. Well, it's like okay, outing so, somebody. So, so the, the, um, I've, I've been doing some research to this. And so what is interesting here in the Netherlands is that um, we have um, a, a place called GGZ who usually does this contact tracing. And a good example of that is say you have chlamydia, then they will help you tell everyone you've been in contact with Sick. sexually that they also should get tested. And it's done anonymously. <laughs> so you don't have to tell them it was you. You can yeah, but you don't have to. I think I want to know who makes that phone call. Like, do they do they call up for I you? I think it's I think it's a text message or yeah. something. <laughs> oh in my that god, this vein. is the most European thing. Yeah. Hello, you may um, have chlamydia. Yeah, get tested. That's a, I think that's <laughs> right about like how you I've never I've never been in the situation know. myself, so I'm I'm not firsthand. Um, right. I don't, I don't actually know, but like, that's basically, but then when the coronavirus hit, it hit in the Netherlands, it hit in the South first. And the time when it hit was, um, during, um, some thing that we call carnival and it's a five day drink festival. And the first person to get Corona here in the Netherlands, he just, I think they just went on a ski holiday trip Mm. to Italy and then came back. And then started celebrating Carnival. And Carnival has always been like a really um, good breeding ground for anything, you know. I'm say a horny, a good, <laughs> like horny. Like everyone is drunk for five days. They don't wash themselves. They spit <laughs> in each other's mouths. Like it's everything. But so, okay. So the, the, the GGZ had to sit down with this person and do contact tracing, right? But fuck do you know who you saw when you were drunk for five days straight literally everybody (laughs) exactly you've literally seen the whole village probably Uh. um so that was quite quite an intense start so like already in that case it would have been quite interesting to have some sort of like um tracing that Mm. that wasn't just like based on i think i saw this guy yeah yeah that's really interesting yeah, so some countries have tried to build that themselves and many countries are trying. So like Singapore was widely heralded as um, the first and like theirs was heralded as one of the reasons they held off coronavirus for a while. Um, they built an app called Trace Together that they open sourced. Um, they, they actually used a combination of apps and surveillance technology yes. they already were using, such as like mm-hmm. street cameras that they have even infrared in. So they were, they, they used a combination of surveillance yeah. technologies to do contract tracing. Exactly. And, but this app in Singapore, I mean, this is, this is where the challenges come in and this is why Apple and Google are coming in, but like you had to download it. Like <laughs> to, right. some people had to be convinced to download it, but also you had to keep your screen on <laughs> whenever you're walking really? around. Yeah. Because like APIs, oh, app, Bluetooth yeah. and stuff have like privacy stuff from last year in which um, it's really difficult. Like your Bluetooth address rotates every 15 minutes. So they're like, uh, you can't be tracked for like smart, good reasons. Um, And so that like, that's, those are the two biggest challenges. Um, And I think think in Korea, they did something else though. Yes. Did you see that? Yeah. What was, what was that? So they use uh, cell towers to see if people are staying at home, which is a different type of, um, it's not so much about contact tracing as yeah, it's more just to arrest you when you go outside. Yeah, and I think like the way I see this is there is look, 
it would be better if we didn't need this shit <laughs> like first of all but uh it is actually one of the ways mass contact tracing is one of the ways that countries that especially large countries can consider going back to work in a safe-ish way like if you want to let your population not go to concerts like we're not talking about like mass gatherings still like that's basically still out of the question but if you want people to be able to go to work and maybe go to a restaurant um or whatever that this these tools are one of the ways that you can do that um and so like only if you have more than 60 percent people on board and that's so this is the challenge and so apple and google partnered on this um for two Which reasons. Which is groundbreaking, actually. Yes. Never imagine. <laughs> the last time Apple and Google worked together was to build the YouTube app for the first iPhone. <laughs> Just throw that out there. Wow. Um, and so it is historic. Uh, and it is interesting from the perspective of like how quick it is. And it is really interesting from the perspective of they're trying to make standardized APIs that work everywhere. So if you're a government building a contact tracing app, you can use the app on Google APIs to A, get reliable data and B, preserve privacy in the meantime. So like the idea is Apple and Google provide the um, the framework that the apps plug into, at least in the first phase, so that governments can provide the thing. And okay, I want to say a few things <laughs> on this note. So they keep saying like, it's all opt-in, it's opt-in. Yes, that's true. But governments are definitely going to require this shit to leave your house. So opt-in is an interesting language. Well, and yeah. the language in the documentation says that Apple and Google will turn the system off yeah. when coronavirus is over, which is extremely vague language. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what, because, is, what does that even mean? Right. It will probably never go away. Right. Yeah, like the, I, the way I interpret that is Google will turn it off at will when they like when countries reach a point where it probably is just surveillance like i i think that but that's we why so. well that's if it was but if it was google only i would be like hmm don't trust that but like i feel like apple is basically sitting on the power switch for it so yeah like i will i will say you said that the problem with the apps is people have to download it mm-hmm. the way that apple and google are going to deliver this is through an update that you have to download yeah. And then in dialogue that you have to opt into. But you still and have to so, download an app. <laughs> yeah. I, there's so. still the same hurdles. It's just we hope that having Apple and Google do this rather than governments all do it separately will make it yes. a better Well, it's a better proposition result. that way, right? Like yeah. uh, the way that it actually works under the hood is it's a standardized like Bluetooth API that doesn't track who you are or your identity or where you went just anybody's anonymous device that you were near in the last 14 days and it's like I think okay but the thing that i i struggle with and i think this is a topic that we've talked about before as well is like sh- sh- uh, it's really really hard because in this case i do feel i am really happy that apple and google did the work to do mm-hmm. this to make this possible but like it's a weird technology and again San Francisco first mm-hmm. um way to to do this mm-hmm. um because as we've been seeing here in the Netherlands we are apparently way more concerned about about privacy than mm-hmm. say Singapore or China or other countries that have different values um which is by the way, I think a problem because I think an app like this could work also in a safe way, also mm-hmm. in a 
privacy first way mm. but by starting to yell about privacy first I'm, I'm afraid that they will kill the conversation right but that's another topic um so in in a way i'm glad that these big tech companies took the lead and said hey this makes it possible for you individuals mm-hmm. individual governments to use this mm-hmm. but on the other hand i'm like what position does this put apple in like they yeah. are now making decisions that are gonna like globally mm-hmm. um impact people and then instead of governments separately doing that like i don't know yeah. but then i also they don't have really... to use it though of course right like that's the they could still go and build whatever the fuck yeah but that's also a, an issue because i don't really trust the government to well, do this in a good way and that's why i'm like look there's, i don't like I've, i'm hesitant to say that it's good <laughs> but i do think that apple and google stepping up yeah. is a rare example of like at least i don't know apple has a history in particular of like not doing the thing they should have done the whole time because they don't want to. Um, And I think by getting out in front of it, they're at least, you know, signaling that like this has a good shot at doing something and like saving lives. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's, we do have to realize that it's in the end, that's what it's about. Yeah. I'm cautiously optimistic. I think there's a lot of places where this can go wrong with privacy and security with, Hey, not everyone has a smartphone, Yeah, but, my biggest concern is just governments, especially governments like the United States, which aren't handling it very well, mm-hmm. depending on this as the solution. Yeah, and this is yeah. part of the solution. If they defund the CDC from doing traditional contact tracing, yeah. then doing something like this, um, sure, it helps, but it's not like a clear exchange. And that's the sort of concerns I have. It's It's just like seeing this as the answer for contact tracing is people with Apple or Android phones doing the contact tracing and that's it. Yeah. And and it's also like fraught with other problems as well, like algorithmic things and like reliability and like, there's a big, big discussion there about like, you know, like, Hey, and you could also just still leave your phone at home. Exactly. You leave your phone at home. You've dropped it in the Bluetooth chip. This is why I'm saying like, it's not, all those concerns that all the concerns that you have, Zach, are um, apparently the idea is that if sixty percent of people use it, it will still yeah do like it will still help. Like it apparently doesn't matter that much if one or two um, of yeah. out of hundred don't have a phone. It's because you're killing um, all of the trees of infection, I guess, uh, or like sixty yeah. percent of them. I, but um, and then. The- problem i have with it i just think the problem i have with it is us becoming too dependent on this yeah. as the solution yeah. it's yeah. not the solution yeah, yeah yeah because it's in in the end it's definitely not the solution the solution is the vaccine yeah well, well no no hopefully. i don't mean the solution to coronavirus i just mean like the solution for contact tracing right like yeah. you're saying like getting rid of everything else would be a bad right, side effect right yeah we just need like a combination of this on top of the existing yeah concept of contact tracing and i'm worried that countries like the uk and the us are going to just be like this is what we do now and there's mm-hmm. no money for any traditional contact tracing when yeah. like the whole the whole way this works is okay i've got let's say i get i get coronavirus right mm-hmm. like unfortunately but in this situation and the system alerts the people that i've been near that mm-hmm. they may have come in contact with me 
I still need a diagnosis of coronavirus and I still need, so my understanding is that Apple and Google want it to be a verified diagnosis yeah. for it to go into the system. And so if the U.S. government says that the CDC doesn't get funding for contact tracing yeah. anymore, then this system's not going to help. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I think that's also, the key. It heavily relies on testing. And yeah. as long as yeah. we don't have the testing capacity up, then... It doesn't even make any sense. Exactly. Right. It's and not a solution on its own. Yeah. There's only a handful of countries that are doing widespread testing right now. I think it's it's a tool in the arsenal that actually might let people go mm-hmm. and outside of their houses in July. Like, that's, that's basically it. I do think that the worst and probably most likely outcome of this is, like, you alluded to the fact that, like, you could just leave your phone at home. I think in a lot of countries that will become a finable offense. Like, I think if you look at France, where it's already like, uh, you know, you can't leave without a note. I think the ne- logical next step there is like, you can leave your house if you take your phone with this thing enabled or don't leave your house. Those are your choices. Exactly. And I think that is the, that is the sort of decision they're going to mm-hmm. put on us, which is not a decision at all. No, exactly. I wonder if, like you alluded to, Owen, of, of uh, you know how when you have like a, a reloadable Metro card of some sort, mm-hmm. here we have the OP chip card and the Bay Area, it's the Clipper mm-hmm. card. And sometimes the police at the stations will have a device to scan right. to see that you actually used it to pay. Yeah, I'm curious if we're going to start seeing police with a device or yeah. an app on their phone to check to see that you're actually using the contact tracing I'm app. I'm sure you will. Wow, that's crazy. I think that like that's how I have imagined it and it's interesting cuz as as a one extra point that you made me uh remember when you were saying that is New Zealand's solution to um people who don't have phones is giving out a small card like the OV chip card that has Bluetooth and a small battery oh. in it. Uh, you know, it'd be cooler if they just gave out free iPhones to those. Yeah, people. I mean that would be dope. But I like the idea of separating right? it from my phone. Sure, some sure. countries have actually like, uh, I'm not saying this is a good thing, but some countries have like wrist bracelet bracelets and stuff. And like, I would be maybe willing to separate it from my phone. Like it, it being on your phone is actually the thing that I find personally most. Uh, I don't know, like challenging for me. Like I don't like the idea that whatever the government app would be is the more invasive part in my mind. Um, also, but... it makes me think of like um, when everyone was playing Pokemon Go, like, well, our <laughs> batteries drain like in yeah. two minutes. Well, that, that's, so that's why I think Apple and Google stepped in is like, if you look at the way that a lot of the other apps worked is like they use location and other stuff. And I think the solution to use Bluetooth and like not track actual locations and use that technology is pretty smart in that regard the actual problem okay but how does this work yo how does this work when my neighbor who lives above me has coronavirus and i haven't even touched or seen or whatever the fuck anything that he touched or seen well so that's one thing i was gonna say is like i do think that this has a chance to accidentally cause burden on the system because of false positives like if you think about like bluetooth is not a technology that's known for reliability at all um and Yes, it you know, it's better safe than sorry, whatever, but like Oh, and what about people that help people to have coronavirus? Yeah, exactly. That put like stuff in front of their door. And then also every post office man or post yeah. delivery guy will also be um flagged because he's probably seeing or like mm-hmm. he's walking by like Or she. There are yeah. plenty of 
women that deliver. <laughs> Sorry. Them. Actually, my post my post delivery person is like a twenty one year old woman, <laughs> which is like the opposite of every cliche here. Uh, like in, in postal services. I want to go back. Oh, and you said one of the reasons that Apple and Google stepped in, and it just made me think of yeah. the Iowa caucus app that we talked about. And oh, like yeah. that's, oh, my Lord. that's Lord, what happens when you leave Lord it up to individual government services sometimes to do solutions. So it is nice that Apple and Google are taking responsibility yeah. here. And trying but then to there's help. also Google Classroom. Yeah. Yeah. I also just wish those companies would pay their taxes because yeah. then maybe the governments would be funded enough to take care of this so crisis in several other ways my final yeah. spicy take on this maybe before we segue into something relating to taxes is like uh i say all of the things i've said with asterisks that like it's pretty bad to do mass surveillance in general and like uh i mentioned at the top of this segment that like i think s- some countries <laughs> will have challenges with this i don't think this actually really gets deployed in the u.s like i think it's actually going to be primarily used everywhere else because the US, I don't know, man, good luck getting people in America to turn on something uh, at a mandated level. <laughs> like it's, yeah, we'll see how it plays out. It might be a state by state level. Like I could imagine New York state saying like, Hey, you got to use this thing. But like, well, maybe Freddie is right though. Mess. Maybe Freddie's right. It just needs like 60% of people yeah. to do it. Yeah. And we'll see. I mean, we'll know more in May. Um, and then, like, no, this does forget one other part that's coming later in the year, which is Google and Apple building it into their own health AP, health apps. So, like, you won't actually need to download something. We'll see. <laughs> but it is interesting to consider what that would even mean if they well, move to update to the latest operating system. For sorry, what? So, my understanding is Apple's going to build this into the next version of iOS. Yes, and so on iOS, you do need to update. Yes. Yeah, and so like, will they back? Is it going to come? They have for to bundle older... some new emojis with yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and that's I think that's really interesting. How actually. does that work if you have an iPhone that is not updatable anymore? Like, yeah, well, exactly. The same. What if you don't have a smartphone? Like, it's the same yeah. conversation of like this leaves out a huge swath of people i think it's really i i made a tweet about this the other day but i do think it's quite funny because uh google gets like a lot of shit for like not updating old android phones but for this they're actually delivering these capabilities through an app update and it won't require a reboot and it will go to about 2.4 billion phones so it's about 85 percent of all phones ever and like it's kind of funny like they actually can do this thing <laughs> like people give them shit but like this they actually have built an infrastructure where they can deliver this at scale without having to convince people to update their phone <laughs> like it's pretty out there um and it's an exception from the rule like this is a rare case where they can actually do that usually it would be like lol if you're using android 6 good luck you're stuck in your house like anyway so we'll see we'll probably keep an eye on. i think like this will continue to develop like the early papers on this were pretty um vague yeah so that's the thing that's been happening here in the netherlands too like we had a press conference two weeks ago and then uh our prime minister was like yeah we'll possibly have an app and then everyone (laughs) had questions and then they were like we have no idea but we'll try it (laughs) in some way and then a week later they had another press conference and people had more questions obviously and they were like, we have to look into it. That's all we know for now. <laughs> and I'm like, what the actual fuck? 
are we doing it's such a mess it is such a mess like this stuff makes me so angry like i understand that you want to put and then the thing that happened on top of that is that like they said we might have an app right and then Mm -hmm. the information that we have is we might have an app that's literally all the information that's given and then like the, the the big news outlets went and asked people what do you think of the app would you use it no way and then like 60% yeah. of the people said something along the lines as if we can go back outside i would definitely use it and then people started writing articles about that and saying there is more than 60% uh, of people that want to use this app so it will definitely work and i'm like we don't even know what it is uh yeah exactly i i've struggled with that too like because governments keep announcing this stuff people are like no it violates my privacy i'm like they announced the idea of an app not anything like i I don't know exactly like we haven't said anything that we haven't talked about technology we haven't talked Uh, about is it going to be in your phone or not like it's so insane but yeah i don't know um i do think the whole corona thing is pretty bleak and um if something like this could help us get back to some sort of normal again, mm-hmm. I think I would be down for it. Um, well, I'm yeah. I'm not super happy about it, but I, it also feels like a huge missed opportunity to not use technology like this yeah, if it that's... actually would help us in this situation. It would definitely not solve it, that's but my... I would hope it could just do something that we are not able to do in any other way. That's just like how Zach too. opened this. It's like... There are 8,000 pitfalls with everything. And like, yes, there are bad actors. Yes, there are X and Y and Z. But like, we shouldn't have phones in the first place if we can't get past those things. Like, we do have to consider that there will be a compromise. And I do think there are major issues with this. Don't get me wrong. But like, this... Okay, Mika. (laughs) This this is one of the places where I think technology could do good. And I, I don't know. I know that there's all sorts of problems. But I do think providing a standardized solution and saying you decide is was a very like smart way to approach this yeah i don't know i do wonder like how like this is gonna progress and what's gonna happen next and um nobody knows yeah um i mean have a summer (laughs) i don't think so honestly but like let's not go down that route because it will make everyone depressed my spicy take is I doubt that I am going back to an office of any time, any kind, anytime soon. But I do think that I probably will be able to eat in a socially distanced restaurant before I go to an office. Like, I think that some things will happen. But, like, if you can not go to an office, why would they let you? Like- yeah, so I was going to say, like, logically, that doesn't really make that much sense to me. But, like, it does in the sense that you can just touch your own computer at home and not touch yeah. anyone else. Like, stuff like that but then like being in a restaurant how would you like i mean (laughs) so many things you need to all the way down baby have fun eating with a mask on there no i mean like like, for the servers and the staff it's like yeah i think we'll we'll see i'm i like look if i can go camping that's all i need okay (laughs) can't even go to a national park right now the one thing this shines a light on for me is just a reminder that we only have two major operating systems for yeah. mobile devices. Yeah. yeah it's like, yeah, it's super, convenient. it's super convenient that Apple and Google can do the contact tracing together. Um, but it's also a reminder that 
they together have a monopoly on it. Yeah, exactly. Oh, boy. That is bleak. Tax. Like how Booking.com is not paying their tax. Oh. Yeah, I mean, um, the whole... I don't... don't, Yeah, it sucks. Nothing has changed here. The tech companies are still avoiding paying taxes. It's just Mm. they now (laughs) want the benefits of the bailouts that companies that are also avoiding taxes are getting the banks, the, the, in the U S the fucking cruise lines that Mm. have made their entities outside the United States to avoid regulation now want the benefits of the bailouts. Fuck cruise companies. Fuck cruise companies. They should all shut down. (laughs) But so uh, Google, Apple, Facebook, Uber, booking, Every large tech company, every tech company over a billion dollars has paid very little taxes. Amazon. Mm-hmm. And this has not changed. It's just now they also want handouts that come from us paying taxes. And right. it's bullshit. And it we should absolutely only give companies help. Well, honestly, we should be giving people help. But yeah, it's a whole other conversation. As far as tech goes, all these tech companies that avoid paying taxes should also avoid getting bailouts. I think there's a, like, people have said, like, oh, yeah, bail out the companies because, like, you have to do it fast. Like, it's hard to assess uh, without, like, killing them in the meantime. But, like, sure, bail them out. But then, like, on the, on the, uh, with a sub note that says, like, yeah, but we're going to investigate you in six months or, like, you have to pay this back. Like, if you're not paying taxes here, you have to pay this back. Like, it's, there's ways around this, you know. I think that the United States proved exactly how stupid it is to bail out the companies last week. And they gave the airlines big bailouts. United got like $58 million. And instead of furloughing and paying employees, they laid off a bunch more people. Yeah. That's why I think Canada's approach has been really interesting. It's like, I, I mean, a lot of countries have been doing this, a wage subsidy thing. It's like they, so Canada Air or whatever it is, like the big airline here, um, laid off like 58,000 people on the first day of all of this because like they're not flying anywhere. Um, and then they actually rehired everybody when the wage scheme was announced because like it's tied to if you retain your employees, they will pay 75% of their payroll. And so like that's the way you do the bailout. Don't run their operating costs, just reduce their overhead. And so like that's what's happened at restaurants and stuff as well is like they'll pay... 75% of your payroll costs for six months. And that's the way to get around bailing out. Like it goes to the people rather than uh, to the company's bottom line. Yeah. I think if you're a public company, you just shouldn't get a bailout. That's like my spicy take on this. It's like, if you're on the public market, you should have kept some cash flow. Like, <sighs> Yes, but also none of us could have expected any exactly. of this. And this is a, like True. a disaster of bigger proportions than has happened since fucking World War Two. Yeah, at least in Europe. Um, like, can you actually like? Yeah, exactly. Genuine question: Can you actually, you know, prepare for anything like this? No. I, I'm not sure. <laughs> but I, I will say so. that, like, but then I also really feel strong about like some sort of survival of the fittest idea. Yeah, well, where that's like, okay, maybe we don't want Airbnb. Yeah, no, I've I had that take like 30 times in my head and I haven't said it out loud, but like, yeah, maybe Airbnb shouldn't exist. This is a good take. But yeah. um, that's that's where I struggle with this. And like, I don't think there's any broad way to like really deal with it. Like, 
the example of Delta getting a bailout, for example, is like really challenging because they got, you know, they bought back their shares for like 200 million last year. So I think that like, uh, yeah, they should have just died maybe like, but there's no, because it's a pandemic and because it happened so suddenly, there's no way to like assess any of this in a meaningful way without just like killing 50 companies as a side effect. Yeah. And don't forget that those companies also employ a bunch of people that then become unemployed, you know, like it's like left or right. If you, Keep if you give the companies cash, you also give the people that work there cash. Yeah. Hopefully, well, well that's yeah. the problem with United is they didn't do that. Is they yeah, got because they the cash and then didn't give it to the people. They just laid them off, and that's yeah. why yeah. I Which still not- argue that we should be making sure that everybody has a living wage yeah. during this. Mm-hmm. Like Canada, two thousand dollars a month. Yeah, in the U.S., it's twelve hundred dollars once. Once we're with having Donald tons Trump's of technical problems. <laughs> having tons of technical problems getting the money to people. Most people don't qualify for it, and they're taxing it. So next year, you're yeah. going to see it on your tax bill. So Canada's it's, approach was really interesting because they built a new technology solution outside of the context of the current welfare state, basically in a week. So like, instead of trying to use you know what the US did, which was like the IRS welfare system, basically to do it, which is not capable of surge, um, Canada built something new that was basically just handing out checks. And this week, they announced actually like uh on top of the two thousand dollar thing a lot of people complained if you were like an essential worker so like if you're a supermarket person uh uh, checkout operator sorry you're getting paid like less than two thousand dollars a month so now what they're doing is actually topping up the salaries of essential workers to twenty five hundred dollars a month um wow uh they think that you know those people have to go to work and they shouldn't have a motivation to go on that other thing because it's actually better to have a job at the end of this let's be honest um but it's actually really smart i think like that's the right way to do it Um, yeah because because i mean honestly if i were like an essential worker but like in a sense i worked at a supermarket uh i think at some point i would be yo i'm putting myself on the fucking line and i'm getting like basically nothing you can can all go fuck yourself exactly and so that's exactly what you don't want to happen because if everyone quits yeah like society crumbles yeah so i'm really glad to hear that's the thing that they're doing i wish they'd do it did you yo oh my god like albert hein (laughs) someone made like a a, a chalk drawing in front of an albert Uh hein or something and it said something about raising um salaries right Mm -hmm. and then albert hein reposted albert hein is a grocery shop here in in, uh, the netherlands just to be clear um and then Yes, and they reposted the, the the chalk drawing because they thought it was so cute because it said something about thanking the workers oh, and everything. And then they photoshopped out the part about <gasps> raising. No, no, no! Capitalism! What are you doing? <laughs> so that's really so disappointing. So um, what happened here was in the first week. Oh no, the first two weeks of it, you actually saw. So grocery workers are really well unionized here, and. Um, they basically said that they're going to stop <laughs> stop going to work if they yeah. don't raise their salary. So they gave everybody a 25% raise um, retroactively, which was crazy. Yeah, that's really good. Um, and that's, I mean, that's what's necessary. But now. it is I mean, an interesting... very like, clear, isn't it? And we haven't even, I didn't even plan to talk about this, but it is a really interesting uh, lesson in how this is exacerbating class divides is like tech mm. people can like like you know make uh, uh, people their puppets and do this for them through platforms like instacart 
so they don't have to be at risk themselves. And like, whew, there's some some pretty fucked up shit there. I mean, like, I get, I I can very clearly see the temptation to use those things, but also like, what I've been personally doing to try and avoid putting anybody else in harm's way. Like, I don't want to go to the supermarket. Don't get me wrong; it's a fucking nightmare. Um, but uh, here, you can like order through the supermarket just for pickup and so like the worker is only out the back anyway and they just put it in the car's trunk and like you don't have any contact so i feel like that's an okay thing whereas instacart is like you're sending somebody who wouldn't have otherwise been there into a situation that you might as well just do it yourself like you're putting somebody else at risk for your own bidding and and i think that's a and but instacart also like robs the margins of restaurants as well so it's not like but I mean, it would be an okay solution for someone who is uh, over sixty-five, yeah, and that's or the thing. you know. So this is a thing I've been thinking about as well. Here, like you can get groceries delivered. There is like three options here in Amsterdam, mm-hmm. and um, that system has been overwhelmed as well. Right. Um, so it's pretty hard to actually do a grocery sh- uh, order right mm-hmm. now. Some uh, I hear people like, "Yes, I got a slot," like as if they got <laughs> like tickets for like Radiohead. Yeah. Um, so I've been not even doing any of that stuff because uh-huh. I feel like we should all be conscious of ordering in the supermarket mm-hmm. online because if you don't need it, you shouldn't be doing it because, okay, going to the supermarket is very stressful, but think of like elderly people yeah. that cannot need, you know, go to the supermarket or people that are actually sick. Do they have like elderly it. hours there yet? Like, is that a thing? It it is, but it doesn't really work. Uh, I feel that's a shame. It's only like super early in the morning. Like how uh, inconvenient. Yeah, I always thought um, that was funny. I was like, do old people get up early? I don't even know. Like, I yeah, mean, my gra- my grandmother does. But yeah, like, same with I mean, mine. I think that's the cliche. <laughs> well, supposedly, supposedly, yes. The older you get, the less sleep you need. Oh. Hmm. Supposedly, well, it doesn't seem true for me. But... <laughs> maybe you're burnt out Owen. maybe that's uh, it. just tired i think i think just because coronavirus but um uh yeah it's interesting it is interesting to think about and i think uh there's a lot i mean there's i think you can't win right <laughs> like no yeah it's a pandemic i'm planning a garden <laughs> but also buying seeds is impossible right now just throwing that out there because like ever there was like a run on seeds <laughs> I'm just yeah, everyone. Yeah, I was just gonna throw out. We should wrap up if we're talking about buying seeds because it's yes, not yeah. tech related. At yeah, all. sorry. Uh, anyway, but it is true though. Everyone's running to go to the to get like paint and like shit like I that. For they had to close Home Depot here because people kept going there to buy paint and like dumb shit. And they're like, "Look, you're putting people at risk. Like, we're open for different reasons." I fair. I would argue that we're painting a mural in our house as part <laughs> of one of the things that we're doing being yeah. home all day. And I think it's a really great way to use our time, but I understand yeah. what you're saying that people were abusing it, but just counter. Yeah. Oh, I think maybe there's a balance, right? Do pink deliveries. Well, just, they do now. Yeah. I think I so up. too, because the thing is, if we're going to be stuck in this fucking house forever, then it, it might like let it at least look nice. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, that's funny. All right. On that note, ugh, the world. Like and subscribe. Share with your friends. Hi at chargepodcast.com. Uh, you can leave a voice message. Uh, the link is in the show notes. Join our Discord. 
And forget? if you do use the delivery service, tip what generously. Yeah, tip like a lot of cash. Yeah, when you do like delivering anything. Yeah, and if, if you're yeah, like, ideally you would give it like IRL. How do you guys do that? Ideally, you tip IRL. Yeah, so they ideally have, yes, have but cash is kind of problematic put, right now. You could put yeah. it in a Ziploc bag. Yeah. Oh yeah. There you go. And and either leave it for the person or hand it to mm, the person. That's a good good tip. Okay. I like that. That's a good tip. On that note, <laughs> see you in Discord. All right. Bye, Biscuit. Bye. Bye.